TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Here we do welcome you to the Two Guys in a Mic show on a beautiful, beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. Great sports weekend coming up. Great sports night here in the city of Chicago as the Blackhawks try to go up 3-0 on the San Jose Sharks. Do you know the way to San Jose? Blackhawks big game tonight. We'll see if they can keep the momentum going. Got a lot of baseball action over the weekend as our first weekend of interleague baseball. Truly, what are the highlights of the baseball season? Not really, but it sounded good at the time. Uh, we got a little golf, got a little tennis to talk about, got a little uh, HGH drug scandalous situation in the fine sport of cycling. All that and uh, much, much more will jump off the sports page as well. It's the final weekend, the final segment of one of the great TV shows. Well, I don't know if we want to say great of all time, but a lot of people have been totally into it. It is a lost weekend. Sunday night, two and a half hours of lost. We'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, we'll see if we can lose a few other things along the way. It's the coach, John Cole, flying solo today. Flying solo today. That means the co-pilot seat is open for you. All you got to do is, uh, well, you can, uh, you know, get yourself down to Morton Grove, Illinois here, right at the corner of Dempster Street and Waukegan Road, come up to the second floor, and you can co-host the um, program. Or if that's a little bit too difficult for you, better yet, uh, dial up via 10 fine digits. Make sure you hit the one first. Then go 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. And right from the comfort of your own home, you could be helping to co-host the two guys at a mic show. Imagine the excitement. You could tell family and friends, what the heck? You could make it a party game and maybe uh, invite friends over and have a, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. No idea what the hell I'm talking about, but it sounded good at the time. You could also uh, email us. It's not as much fun as talking personally. We highly recommend the direct verbal communication, but if you're a little afraid to call up, maybe you don't got the time, maybe you don't want to dial the digits, you've all used all your minutes on your cell phone, or you're driving around, you don't want to get arrested, because it's, it's a little weird now, because some towns, talking on the phone is, is illegal, and some towns it's still legal, so as you're driving around, you got to figure out which cop can actually give you a $50 ticket if it's quota time, and which can't. I think it'll probably be a national law pretty soon, but right now, uh, talking on the cell phone, correct me if I'm wrong, is um, legal in some communities, not legal in others, and it's up to you to try to figure out which ones. But uh, if you want to do that, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Got a big hockey game tonight, baseball action yesterday, uh, some pretty good games here in the city of Chicago. Of course, we... Have a slight vent on the TalkZone.com show here for um, our Chicago baseball teams. The White Sox lose to both teams. Lost tough ones yesterday. The Cubs, really a tough one, because it would have been a five-game winning streak for them, and they were right there on the fringe. Just a couple of plays, turned the tide, and again, lack of clutch hitting. But that would have been probably the biggest win of the season. For a team that's been struggling, you got a little mini win streak going four games. If you could have gotten that next one, the game yesterday against uh, the potential World Series contenders, well, the definite World Series contenders, potential World Series winners, the top team in the National League. 
the Philadelphia Phillies. You could have swept them in a little mini sweep, bring out the wisp broom and a little confidence builder, and all of a sudden maybe you're uh, not that far, not that far from getting back in the race in the National League East. Not but that- no, Cubs go down five to four. Ryan Dempster pitched one heck of a game. It was a fast moving game, well pitched by both players. Joe Blanton firing the ball for the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, Dempster. Made the mistake on a Jimmy Rollins pitch. Runners on first and second. And Jimmy Rollins crunched a three-run home run. Actually, it was runners on second and third. So that's what made it tougher because the 3-0 county could have just thrown ball four, not given Jimmy Rollins something to hit. Raul Ibanez, the next up hitter. And I know the announcers were talking about it at the time. You just give up the base to Jimmy Rollins, and now you got the bases loaded. you got the double play situation set up well. Dempster made the mistake of uh, putting it over the plate. Jimmy Rollins is one of those guys. He's a veteran, been around long enough, the third base coach. Touched his nose, touched his chin, went to his ear, back to the groin. Did two nose touches, two forehead touches, another scratch to the groin. Shoulder left, shoulder right. It was a fake signal. It was a fake signal. It did not mean take. It meant, Jimmy Rollins, you are free to swing away. And if you know anything about Jimmy Rollins, he will swing away. On a 3-0 count, he jacked the Ryan Dempster pitch for a home run, and a good pitching performance uh, goes to waste as they get a 4-1 to lead. And then the Cubs had a chance in the ninth inning. Cubs had a chance in the ninth inning. First of all, they gave the lead away in the eighth inning because they fought back. And this is why I think part of the part of the reason Cub fans and uh, White Sox fans talk a little baseball here to open up the show. Don't worry, we'll get into some hockey and some NBA as well. Again, uh, 888-463-6748 if you want to talk some baseball here. But this is why this uh, loss was probably the most painful of the season for the Chicago Cubs. It's actually not the most painful. A better way to put it is it would have been the best victory of the season. We've had more painful defeats because you are in a four-game winning streak. So it's not like that crushing of a blow. But I think what is so painful about it, you almost have to reverse the curse here, a little reverse psychology, is it's a painful loss because of how good and how big the victory would have been. That makes any sense whatsoever. But at any rate, they uh, they fought back. After the Dempster uh, big three-run home run, give up, and again, Ryan Dempster pitched a solid ball game. One mistake. I mean, that was it. One big mistake. He pitched a pretty good game. You're going to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. Everybody knows you got to score five, six, seven runs. The Cubs did not do that. Um, but then in the eighth inning, they bring in uh, Johnny Grable to shut the door. Kosuke Fukudome had hit a home run to tie the game. Cubs did a nice job fighting back. And right away, the, the uh, seriously struggling John Grable walk and a walk. I think he got an out that a base hit. By the man with the ampersand over his name, not the ampersand. What do you call that little squiggly line of a Rabanez? What is that thing? It's not an ampersand. Whatever it is, the little squiggly line. I'm a big fan of the squiggly line. I always thought my last name is Cone. Very tough to put a squiggly line, but I, you know, a couple times when I would get bored in high school, I would put the squiggly line just to give my name a little flavor, a little jeune um, sois, if you will. Yes, well, you, could, you could put it over the end at the end, or the yeah. end at the end. Yeah. Kind of be pronounced like Cognier or something Yeah, like that. you know, yeah. give me a little flavor. Add a little zest. You know, I got one of these one-syllable deals. You know, John, Cone, Jack, bah, bah, bah. I got no flavor to my name. My parents weren't thinking. Should have come up with a better nickname. The best nickname, uh, you know, kids could when I was in, in grade school, you know, Ice Cream. Ah, ice Cream Cone. Not so good. I need to, you know, you put the N over Cone, right? and I bond you as it kind of rolls. What is that thing called? Any of our listeners know it's not an ampersand. There's a name for that 
little squiggly line. Big fan of the squiggly line. 888-463-6748. But at any rate, uh, so Graybull gives up the big base hit to Ibanez and can't get out of the eighth inning. you got to get an eighth inning guy. It's been a big problem for the Cubs all season long. They come to bat in the ninth inning, though, and uh, gets Jose Contreras. Where did he come from? Jose, the ex-White Sox, the ex-Yankee, 40-something years old. He could be in his young 50s for all we know. We got a search warrant out for his birth certificate. I don't think you can find that thing, though. Jose Contreras pitching in the ninth. You got to love Jose. Good guy when he was in Chicago, here in Chicago. He had a few good years. Of course, a, a big part of our uh, 2005 Chicago White Sox World Series year. He was always a very, very classy guy, so I kid him. But um, I think most Chicago fans appreciated the personality, the quality of character that a Jose Contreras was. But nevertheless, he's pitching against the Cubs in the ninth inning. And he is in his late 40s, early 50s or whatever. We should be able to score a run. He hits a better. We get a base at first and third, nobody out. Yes. Cubs are going to come back with a big comeback victory. Everything looking good, but then strikeout. Aramis Ramirez up next, our RBI guy, hoping to break out of a slump. Bad strikeout. Bad strikeout. Giovanni Soto trying to fight last year's brutal sophomore year. He's He was great as a rookie. He was bad last year. And this year he has uh, been the very essence of average. I don't know what that means next year is going to be like, but bad, or I'm sorry, very good his first year. Real good. Defensively and batting was. Real bad last year. Couldn't throw a runner out. Couldn't hit the ball. Not a good clutch hitter. And this year he is, uh, I think you could safely say, is the very essence of average. He's been okay. Not bad. A step up from last year. But he didn't get it done yesterday. He uh, popped out three outs. Cubs lose five to four in a game that was there for the take. A tough, tough loss. It was no better for the White Sox either. We mentioned uh, Johnny Grabo getting in trouble there in the eighth inning. Uh, a walk and a walk come in and walk a couple of batters. Can't do that. He has struggled this year. And it, it just brings to mind, uh, you know, and I know general managers are extremely well paid. And owners have a lot of money. So there are a lot more people to feel sorry for than general managers and owners. But in a small, little bitty token of a sense, you do have to feel sorry for some of these GMs who make the big gamble to go after guys and the owners who dish out all this money. Can you imagine how Jim Henry is feeling as he's watching John Grabo, who he made the decision at the time? It, you know, Some will argue bad decision. I happen to at least thought that John Grabo was a pretty good pitcher, maybe on the brink of going to that next level. Okay, And a pretty potential valuable piece of the Chicago uh, Cub bullpen. So they dished out, I don't know what, $7 million for the guy. Maybe they overpaid a little bit. You gamble. You gamble as a general manager, and you dish out the $7 million. Of course, the uh, owner of the Cubs now, Tom Ricketts, used to be the Chicago Tribune Company, dishing out all that money for a player just to watch him completely lay an egg. To completely collect, not just one game. But, I mean, to have that bust-out season, but that kind of year, you hate to get down on the kid, but John Grable will be the first to admit absolute bust-out year thus far. Yeah, you know, Jim Henry, you, you gamble. He gambled with Milton Bradley. Everybody said, ah, horrible, a terrible thing by Jim Henry. How could you do it? How could you bring the malcontent in? At the time, at the time he brought him in, it was a gamble. It was a gamble, but many had said, you know what, the Cubs were uh, too friendly of a team. Ah, the friendly confines, the ha-ha, nice guy. You know what? Let's bring in somebody with a little bit of a, a, a toot, if you will. 
Let's bring in somebody who's a little bit testy. Maybe you'll shake up that clubhouse a little bit. At the time, there was some mixed feeling. Now you look back on it, most uh, Chicago fans will probably tell you it's the worst free agent pickup they ever had. Any sport. Milton Bradley. He's going through psychological problems now with the Seattle Mariners. I don't even think he's in the ball club. He's in the DL for psychological problems. So it was a bust-up. It was a complete failure, but a gamble at the time. And at the time, there was a scenario where Jim Henry could have looked real smart. Could have looked real smart. Milton Bradley comes to the team and produces pretty well. Starts to hit, and nobody ever questioned the guy's talent. And the Cubs start winning. You know, he's not going to be the greatest guy in the clubhouse, but things are a little bit more positive. All of a sudden, he fills a spot. Jim Hendry's getting lots of credit for taking a chance and bringing a very un-Cub-like player to the Cubs. Hey, what a gamble he made. Way to shake things up, Jimmy. So, you know, it's a roll of the dice a lot of times with the GM, but it's got to be depressing. Got to be depressing. And again, there's a lot more people you can feel sorry for than general managers and owners in baseball. But in the sporting sense, in that very limited sense, you do have to feel sorry when you watch $7 million completely collapse through the first 45 games of the season. And Johnny Grabo has done that. And uh, again, yesterday, they gave him a chance. And Uncle Lou Pinella said in the press conference afterwards, not sure how many more chances we can give him. But there's $7 million for him, and he can't... Um, Get three outs in the eighth inning. Tough, tough break. 888-463-6748. Have you ever given $7 million to somebody and found out it was a complete bust? Maybe your wife. Maybe a first marriage. Eh. You know what, Dave? You know what the uh, eight-letter word is for the single biggest cause of divorce? No, I don't. Marriage. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, maybe you've given $7 million in a first marriage, second marriage. Studies have found, by the way, that uh, percentage-wise, we're all about percentages here in sports, percentage-wise, the third marriage apparently has the best chance of succeeding. David's giving me a funny look right now. man is happily married and is almost uh, in lockstep with being a happily married man the rest of his life. He's a one-marriage guy. As am I, but percentages will tell you that I think it's like 50% for the first marriage. Something like uh, like 55% for the second. But on the third marriage, on the third marriage, you're up to uh, something like 65-70%. So there you go. So maybe first time around, maybe you just um, go through a couple of false marriages so that your first actual marriage could be the one that has the best chance of lasting. I have no clue. White Sox, no better news on the other side of town, folks. The South Side guys are, uh, to be kind, struggling here in baseball. The Chicago White Sox lose to Anaheim yesterday, six to five. And there's another situation where you paid a ton of money. I forget how much it is, eight, ten million, twelve billion. The salaries are completely ridiculous, anyways. It just disgusts me to even think about how much some of these players are getting paid. It's revolting. But Jake Peavy is uh, struggling a little bit, and his main struggle is to get out of the first inning. After the first inning yesterday, he was decent. He was pretty good, but gave up a couple of runs right off the bat and got the White Sox behind. They fought back. Fought back well. They were down, I think, 4-1, to one, maybe 5-1, to one, came back, lost the ball game 6-5, to five, and PV, who I think is going to be okay. But he is having trouble getting out of the first inning. He's putting the Sox in a hole early. Tough, tough break there. Anaheim beat the White Sox 6-5. to five. That's two consecutive losses against Anaheim. Kenny Williams, the general manager of the ball club, had a nice little meeting with the team. I thought it was well done. 
not media invited. Kenny Williams has kind of stayed away from the media, thank goodness. Good move, but a little pep talk with the team said, hey, we believe there's a lot more talent. We know you guys have struggled a little bit. Everybody do your job. Keep working hard. Don't worry about trade rumors. Trade rumors. Just focus on your job. We're behind you. We believed in you at the start of the season. We still believe in you. Nice talk. Nicely done by Kenny Waves. It hasn't helped. Lost a couple of games since, but uh, so was the state of Chicago baseball. Six to five, five to four, a couple of heartbreaking losses, and that, David Olson, as we uh, get ready to break. That is why we're looking to Sunday night so much, not so much because it's baseball. By the way, thank you to the NHL. I don't know if you noticed or not, the hockey game. I was a little worried because I know, Dave, you're a big loss guy, and I'm going to watch the uh, finale, too. Two and a half hours. I think we're planning taco. It's, a, taco. it's actually four and a half hours. Correct? Four and a half. Yeah. Well, the actual show is two Well, the and actual half. show is two and a half, but you got the two hour retrospective before. Retrospective. Yeah. It's sort gonna, of, they're going like, to run through. Yeah. It, it, it's their clip show. They do, they do these a couple times a season. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, here's all the stuff that we threw at you. Okay. And here's all the stuff we're right. not going to answer. So if you're so. confused now, we can confuse even a little bit more. Exactly. Well, no, I think I, I think the purpose of the retrospective is to uh, clear up some of the confusion. Yes. Well, that, that's the and, remi- and remind some people about what happened. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the case of loss, though, that may be the intended purpose, but I'm I'm worried that it will just tie even a, more, a few more knots around my already severe headache that I get when I watch that show. Well, they, I mean, they've already said the ending is open to interpretation. Oh, yeah. And, they, and, they, and, and the producers have also said they were a big fan of the Sopranos ending. Oh, and I love yeah. that. Really? Yes. Yeah. I was a huge Sopranos fan, and I thought that ending was outstanding. Really? Not you. No. Okay. You need you need a sense of closure. Okay. You do. Uh, you know. See, I worry about a sense of closure. Anytime I have sense of closure, it's uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm 53 years old. Any sense of closure is just too close to the end, if you know what I mean. I prefer an open-ended. No, well, I mean, it's like, I mean, it was open ended to a certain extent because, yeah. I mean, he either just finished his meal or somebody killed him, and that's why it went to right. black, so. Yeah. But that, you but know, that's, it, a pretty, that's a pretty broad range of what yeah. could happen. And I, so. I'm actually going to take back my statement. I, 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 that's not true. I don't like open it. You get ticked off when you've been watching a show for a while. You do like definitive ending. So I'm going to take back that, that, that statement that I made. I'm allowed a, three retractions per show, right? Yes, All right, so that, got, that's one. I've got two left. I'll throw in the flag every time I want a retraction. That's an incorrect statement. I do like closure. Okay, but but somehow that Sopranos one, even though it wasn't definitive closure, there was I can't explain. It. I thought it was cool. Very very cool. I, I actually thought the entire for the most part the entire last season the Sopranos was a mess. Mm-hmm. But that's my opinion. It seems like ages ago. I can't even remember what went on. It was, in the like, last it was, like, season, it was but... like two or three, two or three years ago. Well, uh-huh. it was a war between Tony and the New York. Uh, um, I do remember Phil getting his head crunched over at a yeah, gas station. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, because I, I forget who was the New York boss before him. Because uh, Phil, you know what, Phil was the muscle, yeah. and he took over because the other one got arrested right. and died of cancer in prison. Yep. And uh, yeah, he, he went to war with Tony. <laughs> They killed, they, well, they put Silvio in a coma. Uh-huh. They killed Bobby Bacala. Uh, and I forget who else they Wait, killed. Wait, Silvio wasn't the uh, ex Bruce Springsteen? Or the Bruce yeah, Silvio, yeah, Silvio. He went into a coma? He was show? in a coma at the end. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was shot. Self induced? No, shot multiple times and never woke up. Yeah, so, I forgot that. Yeah. And then Tony had killed Christopher earlier in the season. Now that I remember. Yeah. 
That I remember. It just kind of came out of nowhere. There you go. Bringing up good times for days gone by. What a great show that was, The Sopranos. So four and a half hours on Sunday. You got it's sort of like the NF the uh, Super Bowl. It's you got like a two hour pregame show. And that is outstanding. But but it's nice that the NHL scheduled the Blackhawk. I thought I was got to do a little juggling in. You got the law lost in, in game four of the Blackhawk. Maybe. Maybe if we could win tonight the clincher. But uh, no, the game's at two o'clock, I believe, unless I read it incorrectly. Two o'clock on Sunday. So folks out there, if you're into Lost, if you're having the big Lost party, and if you're into the Blackhawks, you can watch both. Watch the uh, Blackhawks wrap it up. Head out to the Stanley Cup and then sit down with a little lost action. We're going Taco Bar on Sunday night. So during the long and many commercials, you can get up and go right down the line and fill up yeah, yet another taco. That's an excellent idea, Thank Coach. you very much. Excellent idea. You want to come over? Got people coming over myself. So. That sounds like an excuse to me. <laughs> All right. Can I come over to your house? My door is always open for you, Coach. That could be your first mistake. All right. We'll take a quick break. Quick, quick break. 888-463-6748 during the break. I might go into a self-induced coma just to uh, in honor of uh, Sylvie, that great character on The Sopranos. How do you get yourself in a self-induced coma? Just drink lots of coffee maybe? and It wasn't self-induced. The bullets kind of induced it for oh. him. <laughs> Take two and call me in the morning. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone yeah we are back and it's the coach flying solo today folks co-pilot seat wide open for you dial it up 10 digits one 888-463-6748 beautiful friday heading into a great sports weekend hope you got a lot of fun stuff planned for the big weekend here and uh here in the city of Chicago, we got a little rain. The weather not so great, but doesn't matter. Still going to be an awesome weekend. Hard to believe. Time flies when you're having fun. But uh, next weekend, next weekend already, Memorial Weekend. It's amazing. This is an age thing, too. The older you get, the faster time goes. But it's just, uh, I feel like we're just celebrating like March. The end of winter. We're into March. We got springtime almost upon us. We survived another Chicago winter. It was like two weeks ago. Next weekend's Memorial Day already. It's unbelievable. Time is flying. Kids will be out of school in a couple weeks. Wow. 888-463-6748. By the way, we're going to get to the MLB recap and get to uh, NHL playoffs, some NBA. No NBA action yesterday, but uh, we'll get to the NHL playoffs. Montreal did uh, pull off a victory against Philadelphia. Yes, sir. 
Well, I was just going to say the summer uh, the summer weather actually starts tomorrow. I don't know if you've looked at the forecast, but it's going to be in the mid to high 80s starting tomorrow and sunny wow. for like the next four or five days. Any rainage in that forecast? No. I was no, hoping for a rain. Not, not after today. All right. Not after Mid- today. And there's 80s. Yeah, it's going to be like, it's going to be like 82 tomorrow, 85 on Sunday, right. and it was like Monday or Tuesday. It's going to be like 89. All right. Well, I did uh, about a week ago go out and buy my uh, SP, I believe, 30 sunscreen protection formula. I used to buy like the 50 and 60, but then I realized that if we have any uh, health and medical experts out there and you uh, care to chime in on this or uh, give us any suggestions, feel free to do so. Triple eight. Four six three six seven four eight. Our show very big with health and medical professionals, but uh, you know the fifty and sixty. That's just that's just overkill. But I am paranoid. I am definitely paranoid about the uh, sun burn and the skin cancer. You know, back in my day, we used to lay out and uh, you know used to be considered healthy for you, but now not so much. So I did. I went with a spray this year. Not I'm bad. A, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of the spray. Yeah, the I'm spray a big is fan good. Of the spray. Yeah. Uh-huh. But don't you know spray? You got to spray it on your hand. Right, right, but when you get to the arms and everything, you go, you, yeah. you spray it down. So. Yeah, big fan of the spray, but, uh, you know, you got to get the four. Well, for me, the key is I got to get the top of the head. Well, the, the, prob- the problem with the spray is most of them aren't waterproof. Okay. All right, so I found that out the hard way Uh-oh. last week because I, I was doing yard work and Uh-oh. everything, and uh-huh. it washed off my arms, and that, that's why I got the sunburn arms. Wow. Yeah, so it wow. washed off. Now, why isn't it water? How? Hard it's, is it? It's, make... it's just not waterproof. Okay. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff in the bottle is. All right. But maybe it was just a particular brand that I bought, but mm-hmm. not waterproof. Uh, so. Mid-80s, if you're out in the Chicago area, you better uh, make sure you got your sunscreen. Don't use last year's, by the way. I know times are rough, but I know we got budget cutback situations, economic difficulties right now. Last year's sunscreen ain't going to cut it. That stuff only lasts about seven or eight months. So you got to buy yourself a fresh batch. I'm like, uh, you know, some people collect wine. I collect sunscreen. I got, like, different bottles of different vintages. <laughs> I got different kinds. I go out, you know, some, I actually looking for a belt that can hold my different sunscreens. So when I go out, like, in a mid-'80s day coaching baseball, you know, I'll have my little coaching bag, but then in my belt, my little, like, tool belt, I'll actually have a little SP30, you know, the spray. I got the SP40. I got the hand cream. I got the sunburn protect in case I do get burned. I got the calamine lotion to rub on. I'm I'm the the wine the suntan sunscreen version of a wine connoisseur. And most people don't realize that there is an expiration date on that stuff. Absolutely. And a lot of them, and it's kind of hidden too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I guess, and yeah, it, yeah. It, and you could use it for maybe three or four months after it, mm-hmm. but then after that, it's it's basically worthless. Yeah. And if you use it you, you, with an old expiration date, then you're going to have a new expiration date yourself. You got that right. Or at least there's a chance of it. Yeah. I wonder if I could put a, instead of a wine cabinet, maybe I could put a little sunscreen cabinet in. Even though they're old, we could have some old vintages in there just to look at. And, oh, yeah, the summer of 2002. I remember I used that SP55. I got a very lonely life, folks. Very lonely life, in case you haven't figured that out. By the way, speaking of getting old, we'll get to the baseball in just a second here. Uh, we have been given to us by one of our assistant to the assistant to the assistant producers. This guy's like a fifth cousin. But he gave us a list of things when you know you're starting to get old. I don't know, see how many of these click in, but uh, these are things, again, when you realize you're starting to get old. One, uh, when you're asleep, but others worry that you're actually dead. It's a problem. Uh, you can live without sex, but you can't live without your glasses. 
sadly, I can relate to that. Uh, your back goes out more than you do. Your best friend is dating someone half his age, and he's not breaking any laws. Again, I can relate to that. Uh, you enjoy hearing about other people's operations. Uh huh. You no longer think of speed limits as a challenge. Again, these are signals or signs that you know you're getting old. People call you at 9 o'clock and ask, oh, did I wake you up? <laughs> oh, so true. Uh, you have a dream and it's about prunes. You start sending money to public broadcasting system for donations. That That's definitely a sign. Uh, the end of your tie doesn't come anywhere near the top of your pants. <laughs> that has not hit me yet. Still still working with the flat stomach, thank you very much. But I have seen that uh, affirmation. I know exactly what they're talking about. You wear black socks with sandals. Don't do that. I will never. I will never get that old. Or even forget about sandals. Black socks with shorts. Yeah, that's, right? my, na- that's my neighbor. Yeah. That's my neighbor who looks like death warmed over, Is by he- the way. <laughs> Is he uh, somewhat aged? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, he, he, he's big with the black socks with everything. Yeah, I everything. Will... Slippers, sandals, yeah. gym shoes. Well, all those things are fine, just not with black socks. Yeah. It's a brutal look. Brutal. I will get old, and I'll have a lot of these things, and even worse. But that's one thing. I don't care how old. I might have the Alzheimer's. I might have Parkinson's. Whatever disease finally takes me down, I will never, never go black socks with shorts. Thank you very much. I've got some level of pride. Not much, but some level of pride. Uh, you got more hair in your ears than you do on your head. Ouch. You talk about good grass, and you're referring to your neighbor's lawn. And you have a party at your house, and the neighbors don't even realize it. <laughs> Some signs that, in fact, you are getting old. All right, 888-463-674. Real quick, before we get to uh, NHL and the NBA, let's look at a little MLB recap from yesterday. Uh, in the American League, Kansas City Royal. They're playing some solid baseball, folks. And again, our ex-co-host Mark Harmon now doing some pregame and postgame for Casey. Maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe two guys and a mic co-host, Mark Harmon, now in Kansas City doing pre and post for the Royals. Maybe that has spurred the team. I doubt it. But you never know. Kansas City knocks off Cleveland 19, uh, 9 to 3. I'm sorry, not 19 to 3. 9 to 3, Luke. Hoshazer pitches a, a complete game. You don't see those too much in baseball anymore. He actually threw the entire nine innings. Seattle knocked off Toronto. It's been a rough year for the Mariner, but they get a big victory, four to three, game-winning hit by Ken Griffey Jr. Remember him? Remember him? Ken Griffey Jr. coming through, and he got the uh, RBI base hit, the game-winning hit, another blown save for ex-Chicago Cub reliever Kevin Gregg. What was that? That wasn't last year. Two years ago, right? Two years ago, another one. And I'm happy to be a Jim Henry fan for the most part. But that was another bad move by Jim Henry, bringing Kevin Gregg in for relief. That wasn't last year. It had to be two years ago. Bad memory. Bad memory. Now it's Toronto Blue Jay memory. Kevin Gregg blows the game. Detroit, the Tigers, they're back in first place, folks. Knock off Oakland 5-2. to two, And the Tigers and the Minnesota Twins are tied after... Whatever it is, 47, 48, 49 games. So they are neck and neck. That could be a two-horse race right for the finish. I don't know if the White Sox are going to get any kind of a win streak and make it a three-horse race, but Tigers of Minnesota. I mean, that might be, going back to the Preakness last weekend, that might be first dude and looking at Lucky. That was good stuff. That was a great race last week in the Preakness, and we may see an equally great race in the American League uh Central Division with those two particular teams. New York Yankees, wow. 
getting beaten again. Tampa Bay, 8-6. to six. A lot of people wondering, Tampa Bay for real or not? My partner, Joe Redwenski, telling you they are for real. My fill-in co-host yesterday, Mike Moreau, saying, yes, indeed, they are for real, and they've been proven correct. They've won three in a row over the Yankees now, six in a row overall. Carlos Pena jacks a couple of home runs yesterday. They beat the Yanks 8-6. to six. Best record in baseball, Tampa Bay roll. I mean, you talk about a team of momentum. Oh, and by the way, the three in a row over the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. They got a sponsor yet at Yankee Stadium? Still Yankee Stadium, right? Hopefully they're not going to change the name of that park. I know they got a new, they got a new park, but I don't think they have a sponsor. I know we'll uh, have one of our assistant to the assistant to the assistant to the assistant producers. We also tend to call that person the ass to the ass. That's what our assistant to the assistant producer is. But, uh, Nice win. Nice win for Tampa Bay, sweeping the New York Yankees. Colorado knocked off Houston 4 to nothing. We moved to the National League. One of our favorite pitchers on name alone, Ubaldo Jimenez. Seven strong innings. Troy Tulowitz with a three-run homer. So Colorado shuts out uh, Houston. Milwaukee Brewers, they've fallen on some tough times the last month. I think they're going to come out of it. I still think the Brewers got some good baseball ahead of them. They beat Pittsburgh yesterday 4-3. to They were down 3 nothing in that game, came back and winning 4-3. to Atlanta knocked off Cincinnati. What a ball game here. You talk about being behind. Cincinnati, who's been playing pretty good baseball. That's how Cincinnati puts up an eight-run spot, an eighth spot in the second inning. Eight runs. Huge inning. Batted around and then some. And they're leading by uh, like five or six heading into the last inning, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves score seven runs in the ninth inning. You kidding me? They beat Cincinnati in game of the day yesterday. The Brave over Cincinnati, 10-9. to The man formerly known as Brooks Conrad getting a grand slam in that ninth inning. What a win for Atlanta. St. Louis knocked off Florida 4-2 to as well. A big win for the Cardinals, but what a ball game for the Braves. Seven runs in the ninth inning. They come back after giving up eight in the second inning. That's absolutely unbelievable. 888-463-6748. We'll move away from baseball here for a brief moment in time, but uh, any of our fans out there, you want to talk some baseball, we are always right here for you. 888 You can email us at mike2guys at aol.com. Real quick, before we uh, head into break number two, NHL hockey uh, tonight. Big game here in Chicago. Game three, the Blackhawks. Taking on the San Jose Shark. Boy, the Hawks were just awesome in game two. And it's almost a two-fold story. You almost worry that we were so good in the first two games, they can't match that level of play. And we know, at least the Blackhawk fans know from playoff history here, at least as of this year, we play better on the road and we have a bad habit if we go Jake Peavy in the first period on home games. That's probably a cheap shot at Jake Peavy. But we go Jake Peavy... In the first period on home games, it's been a habit throughout the playoffs. So what I mean by that is they come out and they start out flat. And against a team like the San Jose Sharks, you cannot do that. So we'll see. And part of me worries because, again, the Hawks played at such a high level. I mean, all cylinders clicking. Goaltending. Defense. Offensive game. The passing game of the Blackhawks, crisp. The depth, not just one line carrying, but all four lines carrying. Killing penalties. Power play pretty effective. I mean, there there really was there was not one weakness. Not what usually you could win a hockey game if you're strong in three of those five areas. The Blackhawks at San Jose they were strong in five out of five areas. They hit the five spot. So you worry a little bit if they can uh, continue to catch that magic. So that's part of it. If you're of the negative vent, if you're 
you know, a glass half empty guy, you're starting to be concerned. Oh, Black Blackhawks back home. And they can't match those first two games. San Jose is going to find a way. And if San Jose wins a game, they get the momentum, and this thing could turn in a hurry. We've seen that happen before. So there is that side of it. On the other hand, if you're a glass half full guy, the positive side of it, the spin the dial black instead of red if you're a roulette player, is that the Blackhawks have kicked it into another gear. And they are right now the superior team left in the NHL hockey playoffs. That What they saw out in San Jose, what you saw out in San Jose, was not a fluke. But that was the Blackhawks' young players figuring out playoff hockey and taking their game to the next level. That wasn't just a one-two game thing. The Blackhawks are clicking and they'll click for the rest of the Stanley Cup play. That is a scenario that could happen. The Hawks could be that good because they are a young team. By by no means, uh, as opposed to some other Stanley Cup champions we've seen in past years, that and the you know the Detroit Red Wings would be a good example. That veteran players, you have a few younger players in there, but you know veteran players playing at a high level. The Hawks have not hit their peak yet. So maybe you know what you saw in San Jose is that next peak, and they're going to stay at that level. I hope that that would be the case. If so, San Jose is in trouble. In Philadelphia and Montreal on the other side of town, if the Hawks take scenario number two, are basically playing for second place. But we'll find out. Puck drop tonight, 7 o'clock at the United Center. Going to be interesting to see if the Blackhawks can come out and uh, play that kind of hockey. Boy, the young team. and uh, The depressing thing about it, though, and you hate to bring this up because you don't want to depress Blackhawk fans. It's been a... Many, many years of depression. We're finally feeling some good times here. But apparently, if you look ahead the next year, this young team they put together because of today's financial structures, which if you listen to this program, we try as best we can to stay away from the financial part of sport as much as possible. I try to put that in the uh, – and I realize it's part of it, but I try to put it in the closet and lock it up, like some bad clothes you used to buy. Maybe a bad sport coat, bad dress you paid a lot of money for. You just don't want to look at it anymore. You don't want to talk about it anymore, but you can't give it away either. That's what the way I feel about the financial side of professional sports. It takes all the fun out of it. It's part of it. I understand that. I'm not dumb. It's part of what it's all about, but it, but it's not part I want to talk about. But you look at the Blackhawks for next year, what I've heard experts say is they can't keep this team together. So it's not like, the, well, you know, this will be, a, you know, even if they don't make it, They've got a chance next year and the year after. Well, they do, but not with the same core. They're going to lose some players. They're going to have to make some decisions. So it would be nice for this uh, group of young guys that have really come together to see if they could win the whole thing. See if they could pull out the Stanley Cup championship, because some of those guys aren't going to be around next year. Not all, but some. Not enough money for all the good young players. An unfortunate part of professional sport in this day and age. Every year, your team uh, changes. Hard to build that team identity that, you know, when I was young, the Chicago Blackhawk players were pretty much the Blackhawk players. The Cub players at the start of the season were the, pretty much the Cub players at the start of last season. And if there was a trade, it was like, wow, that trade back then was a big deal. Because it was players changing roster. You weren't used to that. Now, in today's modern professional sports, you know, there's a month left in the season. And everybody's talking about, hey, can we pick up this guy and can we pick up that guy? I mean, even the Blackhawks, before Antti Niemi started proving that he could be a playoff goalie, everybody was saying, we need it in order for the Hawks to win the Cup. Got to bring in a goalie. So all season long, you play with two guys with one month left in the season. Current standard professional sports mentality. Now let's bring somebody else in who wasn't even a part of the team all season long. 
Let's bring him in for the last three weeks, and maybe he can help us get a Stanley Cup. To me, that takes a little bit of the enjoyment away. All right, I'm going to get off my high horse. The important thing is 7 o'clock tonight. Hawks go for game three. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Montreal, by the way, the Canadian. Not dead yet. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers last night. Beat them good, too. 5-1. to one. So the Flyers are up 2-1, to one, but the Canadians are back into it. That's a pretty good series of two underdog teams, 7 seed and an 8 seed. We'll take a quick break. David Olson, no underdog. He's an overdog. He's the best in the biz or at least the best that our limited budget can afford. Our producer, we'll take a quick break. Back in a minute. Phone lines open. Coach Flying Solar today. 888-463-6748. I am going to go back into another self-induced coma. Thank you. Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Yeah, we do appreciate you uh, joining us here on this beautiful Friday here. Uh, again, headed into a big sports weekend. Going to be uh, interleague baseball. Maybe real quick, we'll go over some of the matchups. Uh, interleague baseball. I remember when it first came out, people, ah, you can't have the National League play the American League. You're messing with tradition. And now I think, uh, not everybody, but uh, a rough survey would probably say 94.8% of the people pretty positive on interleague baseball. I mean, how many times can you see the Cubs play the Pirates? I mean, they already play like 14 times a season. It's nice to see them play against an American League team. Cubs and Texas Rangers. It's got an interesting ring to it. When's the last time the Cubs played the Texas Rangers? I like interleague baseball. Mix it up a little bit. Uh, let's see. Some of the other matchups here in Interleague baseball. Where are we looking? 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 I think we got the Yankees and the Mets going on this weekend too. Still looking, looking, looking. All right, what do we got? The Cubs in Texas, Florida Marlins and the White Sox. That uh, from an interest level, that's about a two point five. That doesn't get the shivers going. Cincinnati and Cleveland, Battle of Ohio. Not bad. Little arch rivalry there. The Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies. Now we're cooking. Now we're up to about the 8.8 in the interest meter. Phillies in Boston. That's good stuff. Cole Hamels taking on John Lackey. Interleague baseball. Baltimore and Washington. About 30 minutes apart from each other, right? Nice little 30-minute drive from Baltimore to Washington, D.C. I did that drive once. Parked illegally right near the Smithsonian Institute. Hopefully nobody in D.C. listening right now, David Olson. Nobody in the Washington, D.C. Police Department, but I still got, I think I got a collector's item. Right next to my old sunscreen is my uh, $55 ticket for illegal parking next to the Smithsonian. You know, if I hold on to that ticket long enough, 
maybe when I die, I'll donate the ticket to the Smithsonian. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Baltimore and Washington. Yankees in the Mets. Hey, ho. Blue 42, red 17, 19, 19. Hey, wow. Yankees and Mets. Interleague baseball. How about that? Yankees coming off a three-game losing streak. Mets are miserable. Vasquez against Takahashi. God bless you. Tampa Bay taking on Houston. Interest meter there about 2.0. Not a great rivalry between the cities of Tampa Bay and Houston. Colorado and Kansas City, eh, about a 3.5 meter there. Nothing great. Milwaukee Brewers taking on the Minnesota Twins. Not bad. Not bad. That's about a 6.2 on the interest meter. The Anaheim Angels taking on uh, St. Louis. Eh, nothing great there. Toronto and Arizona. Couldn't pick more two cities that are more apart than those two with nothing in connection. Interest level like zero there. Toronto and Arizona. San Francisco and Oakland. Now we're talking. Battle of the Golden Gate Bridge. San Francisco taking on Oakland. Little bragging rights up in Northern California. Now we're talking. Barry Zito going up against uh, Justin Cahill. Detroit Tigers taking on the Dodgers. Not a great uh, natural rivalry there, but that's a good series. Chad Billingsley, the man with the best hamstrings in baseball. And his gluteus maximus isn't bad either. Going up against Dontrell Willis. Dontrell, best smile in baseball. He just needs to smile more often. The way he's been pitching of late, he hasn't been able to smile that much. And San Diego taking on Seattle. A little West Coast battle. So you got interleague baseball right there for you. 888-463-6748. Got about 10 minutes left on the show. You want to dial it up. We are right here for you. The coach flying solo today. Again, phone number 888-463-6748. David, I don't know if you're following the story. I don't know if you're a uh, cycling guy or not, but Floyd Landis, who won the Tour de France, and then he tested positive and denied, denied, denied. Very much um, like Joel's um, first marriage. Denied, denied, denied. And he finally came out uh, yesterday, I believe, and admitted that, yes, indeed, he did use performance-enhancing drugs. I don't know what you could say about the sport of cycling. The interesting thing, though, is he's coming out and he's calling out the other guys. You see that? But you can't take him at his word because he's been lying about not using... For years. He wrote a book about, oh, how he did everything right and blah, 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 blah. He can't take him at his word. Mm -hmm. You can't take him at his word. That's what happens when you lie. Mm -hmm. Must that be a lesson to all the young kids out there? You lose your credibility. That's the cry wolf situation. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you've been lying about yourself all along, but now you get caught. Now you're going to throw somebody else under the bus? No, Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, somebody's. I mean, he was firing on everybody. Yep. Levi, Leptimer, and, of course, Lance Armstrong and... uh, Forget the other kids. Now, like three or four of the big names, just firing on them all, saying basically we all took it. And apparently he and Lance have had some emails going back and forth that have got uh, testier and testier as they have gone. So it is cycling is a weird sport. It's uh, I actually read a book by, uh, what's the guy's name, Johan Bremiel, who was the captain, the leader, the trainer for uh, Lance Armstrong's team. Got the book. I forgot who gave it to me. I had no interest in reading it. On vacation, ran out of reading material. I pick, I have, you know, I zero knowledge of the sport of cycling. About a couple of years ago, and picked up this book, boom, got hooked. Got hooked into it. So, uh, within a brief period of time, I did become a cycling expert by reading Johan's book. And it is a, uh, a world unto its own, the world of cycling. But uh, clearly, 
clearly the performance-enhancing drugs is part of it. There's suspicion for everybody out there. Who was the um, guy before Floyd Landis who was the most famous for admitting to taking um, HGH? And the, guy, the name escaped me now. He also won the Tour de France and was one of the top racers. So that's a couple guys now. Floyd Landis, though, he was always. He was an unlikely champion. He almost looked like um, an imposter. You know, he just looking at him, he didn't look, A, like a bicyclist. B, he didn't look like an athlete. And C, certainly didn't look like a guy be wearing the yellow jersey as the winner of the Tour de France. He just, he, he looked like one of those, impo- a Rosie Ruiz who jumped in and ran the last mile of the Boston Marathon and came home the winner. Never trusted that guy to begin with, an unlikely champion, even though he was the United States' very own. We were supposed to be uh, celebrating and very, uh, you know, proud of uh, his taking over for Lance Armstrong and keeping the Tour de France in the in the country, but it was not to be. Finally admits that, in fact, he did use HGH and taking everybody else down. We got any uh, fans out there following the sport of cycling? You want to comment on that particular controversy of the day? We are right here for you, triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. By the way, if you talk wipeouts and accidents in sports, I don't think there's a better sport. You got hockey fights. Certainly in auto racing, the crashes can be dramatic. But I don't think there's a sport where the uh, accidents, the wipeouts are more dramatic, more vicious than the sport of bicycling. It doesn't happen often, but when you see it, and it's unbelievable what these guys do, bicycling on the thin mountaintops that they're on, bicycling uphill a good part of the time, their conditioning and their ability to withstand pain is just unbelievable, mind-boggling. Had the utmost respect, even though I don't understand the sport that much. Utmost respect for them. But boy, you watch the bicycle wipeouts. If they're in a group of, you know, pack of eight, 10, 12, 15, one guy wipes out the rest of them, wipe out, they're going 40 miles an hour, maybe 50. Could be wrong on that, but they're going plenty fast. And they're, you know, no protection. You got a helmet on, but that's about it. Zero protect bicycle accidents. I defy you to tell me a sport. And I think it's even auto racing where they're more dangerous, more vicious, more, uh, sadly to say, kind of cool to watch than the sport of cycling. Best accidents in all the sports. I don't know if that's a tagline you want if you're in that sport, but that's the one I'll give it. Best accidents, best crashes in all the sports. All right, 888-463-6748. Other few uh, tidbits to mention in the world of sports here before we sign off. Uh, interesting note, we've been following this story. I don't think we brought it up on the two guys in a mic show, but there is a gentleman in college down in Florida, from Florida Atlantic University. Good old FAU. Garrett Whittles plays on the baseball team. He's got a 46-game hitting streak going. 46-game hitting streak. That's 10 away from the great Joe DiMaggio, the record that most people say will never be broken. Now, it's the third longest in college baseball. We're not going to compare college baseball with uh, Major League Baseball, but Garrett Whittles, Florida Atlantic University, 40 Six-game hitting streak. I mean, that's just amazing. When you think about the pressure, and I've always said with records, you know, you you see a record in one day where some guy has just an unbelievable day, and it's amazing. You know, you, you bowl a perfect game. You get a hole in one. You hit for the cycle in baseball. You have that, you know, once-in-a-lifetime phenomenal game, and it is amazing, and you set the record books, whatever it might be. But the most impressive records to me are ones of consistency, where it's not just one great performance, but you got to do it game in, 
game out, game in, and game out as the pressure builds. And I can't think of any more difficult streak than that hitting streak in baseball. Because, again, the pressure builds each and every game, and you got so much time to think about it. Uh, no one's even come close to DiMaggio's. That was Pete Rose at, what, about 41? Nobody's gotten within 10 of Joe DiMaggio in my lifetime. My lifetime's a fairly long time. That might be one of the few records that might never be beaten. But college baseball, Garrett Whittle's got to root for him over the weekend. 46-game hitting streak, another base hit. He had, a, I think, an infield single a couple of days ago in his final at bat. How's that for pressure? How's that for pressure? An infield single. And there's pressure, by the way, on the scorekeeper, too. If you're the official scorekeeper and it comes down to the final of bat and it's close, do you call it a hitter, call it a yeah, I suppose if it's close, you got to keep the guy's streak going. But on the other hand, if it's not, you can't pay that difference to him either. But there's pressure on the scorekeeper as well. Good luck, Garrett Whittles, this weekend down at the Florida Atlanta. Keep the streak going, my friend. Doug Collins. Great basketball announcer, used to be the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, played his college basketball at Illinois State, is back in the NBA, apparently, our inside sources. And here at the two guys at a mic show, our inside sources are basically uh, Dave looking at the screen and checking out the ESPN.com website. It's about as inside as our limited budget could afford, but it sounds nice to say. Our inside sources told Doug Collins has indeed signed a contract, not with the Bulls, Chicago fans, don't get all carried away. It's going to be uh, coaching the team that drafted him. The Philadelphia 76ers. Doug Collins is back in the game. 58 years old. He's going to take one more shot at coaching in the NBA. Let's hope that Doug can uh, just remain calm a little bit. He's a highly wired individual by nature. And his past shows that usually the first year he does a nice job with the player, but then year two and year three, he starts to get wrapped too tight, and the intensity starts to wear off on the players. And the um, enthusiasm of the initial surge and the fun of having Doug Collins as your coach starts to wear on you. Sort of the same thing with Milwaukee Bucks coach and used to coach the Bulls, Scott Skiles. He gets you an initial bump. He's very good, but but starts to wear on you after a while. Sometimes it's the more easygoing coach. Uh, Phil Jackson, San Antonio's Greg Popovich, guys that are uh, – comfortable enough with themselves they're they're competitors but they're now wound that tight they at least don't show it that outwardly those personalities seem to play better in the long run in the nba but nevertheless he's a great announcer we're going to miss him as an announcer good luck to the coach uh doug collins who's taken over the philadelphia 76ers we mentioned montreal beating philadelphia five to one speaking of the nba uh the playoffs will continue celtics will be taking on the Orlando Magic looking to make it three in a row. They won two at Orlando. You can kind of make some comparisons about the play to the Celtics and the play to the Chicago Blackhawks. Both teams uh, on a roll had a couple of uh, difficult initial series, but both teams playing well now. Both teams go on the road to win two games against favored competition. Not sure if you would say San Jose, totally favored competition, but uh, certainly in the case of Orlando, they were expected to. So we'll see if the Celtics can come back home and at least hold serve and maybe uh, take a 3-1 back to Orlando, maybe sweep the Magic. Wouldn't that be something? Phoenix up 2-0 on, uh, I'm sorry, LA up 2-0 on the Phoenix Suns. The games are at Phoenix this weekend. We'll see if the Suns can come back and snag a game or two against the Lakers. All right, we got to wrap it up. Have a great weekend, everybody. We truly, truly mean that. And uh, for our listenership out there, it's all about quality not quantity we're hoping our quantity picks up but to each and every listener out there we do appreciate you checking out the two guys at a mic show 
Big Dog will be back in the house on Monday. Have a great weekend. David Olson, our producer, outstanding job all week long. Signing off, 10 o'clock on Monday. We'll be back at it. TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic.